We can literally talk for hours, if not days, on creative finance strategy, okay? So there's no way we're going to do any more on this show but scrape the surface of some of the possibilities. But know this, the basic ways of just buying a property are just the beginning of what you can do to build your real estate empire buying under market properties like foreclosures and other distressed properties. If you're just willing to think outside the box, the possibilities are absolutely endless. Don't give up on just basic finance strategy. That's why we're doing this show is get your mind thinking, what are the other ways I can get on title and secure this property? Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. And welcome back to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. I'm your host and Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum, broadcasting live from our downtown Denver studios with my production manager, executive producer, and the guy that makes his show sound just so good, Mr. Jonathan Winston. What's up, Jay? Ah, man, another lovely day out here in the foreclosure world. Uh, We're doing, you know... But we can. We got a new board. We got some new sound effects and cool things coming through for you guys. <laughs> I love that. And uh, we're you know continuing to push forward with the business and you know making more deals and finding more properties out there. So uh, just a busy time and uh, keeping it going. So I'm excited. I love it, man. I love it. There's so much going on, and it's so hard not to get caught up on all this coronavirus stuff uh, right now. It's a it's a scary time for our country, a scary time for our planet. If I could offer just a piece of advice, this too shall pass, you know? And if you guys are out there and you're wondering, is this the death of the real estate market? Nope, we're still going to need a place to live, right? right? Is this the death of the, the country as we know it? Nope, still the greatest country in the world, right? I, I don't think we have anything to worry about. We just got to get through this. And I think as a joint population, we can do it. We just got to commit Bear down, stop listening to noise for a while, and go do some deals, man. Yeah. There's some deals out there. To be, have you seen some great deals out there recently, man? I've been seeing deals, and I'm, like, excited to go and do some more research today and find some. I'm about to go drive around and look for some more. So it's, there's deals out there to be had. I love that. We got to do a show on driving for dollars sometimes to kind of talk about, you know, how that works. But let, let's get to the show today. As always, we start with a news article. Uh, this is from Realtor Magazine, and it goes into the metros with the strongest rebounds since the lockdown. So here's the thing. When this thing started across the board, that there was no doubt there had to be some impact to the real estate market. That's just a given. Uh, one of the things we were going through here locally, and I'm sure most places were, was that when it started, we couldn't do showings for two or three weeks at a time. You know, in a previous show, we talked about an article where people are buying sight unseen. It is happening, but it's still kind of rare, you know? So if you take out the showing capability of the real estate market, you're going to see a bit of a slowdown. Houses don't move as fast. Inventory goes up a little bit. If inventory goes up just by basic supply demand curve, prices have to come down. So we did see some metros suffer for a little bit during that process. But just like that, proving the very resilience of the housing market and our country at large, these are the metros that have seen the largest increase in demand since we've 
release some of those lockdowns pre-locking down again, which looks like it might happen in certain metros. But in between, I know, seriously, I want to go through this again. But these are some areas. Number one, and I'm not going to do all of them, just kind of, we're going to burn through them pretty quick here. But Albany, New York was one of the, the strongest metros that saw a large increase in demand. And that's not too surprising because New York went into a full on panic attack. Uh, during this. You know, obviously, the epicenter, a lot of this uh, coronavirus stuff was right there in New York City, and it makes sense. Huge population of people communicating by subway. You know, if this disease, this virus transacts the way they say it does, if you compress a bunch of people, you're going to have a lot more cases, and that's what happened. So, Houston uh, saw a big rebound. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Dallas, Fort Worth, New Orleans, Detroit. That, That place needs a rebound, like, like I need oxygen. Like seriously, yeah, they, 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 I've constant. Hearing, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about you know good things happening up there. So I think I think they're moving towards that. But you know from uh, what we've heard before, yeah, it's it's kind of it has been a need for sure. For sure, definitely. Um, Washington D.C., uh, cold Cleveland, one of my favorite music towns in the world, Nashville, Tennessee, and lastly Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So you know these are the ten metros that are seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Now we're here in Denver, Colorado. Obviously, didn't make the top 10 list, but I can tell you that with the exception of right in the city, downtown Denver, we are seeing a rebound. We're definitely seeing, you know, now that showing traffic has come back up, a lot of people are buying houses. Activity seems very non-coronavirus-like, you know, right. for, for lack of better terms. Like, things are kind of operating normally. You couple that with a strong economy, despite what's going on, high unemployment, the economy is generally pretty strong and stupid low, I repeat, stupid low interest rates, and what you have is a relatively stable real estate market, you know? And that's where we are today, guys. So don't believe the hype too much. I mean, obviously, this is the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, and uh, we're talking about how, the you know, eventually we're going to see a down. Downturn, and we're planning on capitalizing on that downturn by buying deals, not houses. But I got to tell you, it hasn't happened yet. It's still extremely competitive out there. You know, so today we're going to get into the meat and potatoes of the show today. And today's topic is creative financing strategy for acquiring property. Just a little while back, we did a show on getting on title and how important it is to make sure that your primary obligation in this is to own property. Well, this is kind of a follow up to that show. We're going to discuss some. Creative financing strategy for getting on title, basically acquiring the property. Now, there's a couple ways you can do it. Now, the, the couple lists that we put on here, we're going to go through a lot of them, but uh, carrybacks, uh, seller carrybacks, we're going to discuss that a little bit. The 1031 exchange, which allows you to transfer title from one property to another without tax implication. We'll go into more details on that in a second. The self-directed IRA. Ooh which is huge right now, and a lot of the way we fund a lot of our properties using that strategy, uh, assumptions, uh, takeover payments, also known as subject to, and finally, lease options. Okay, so those are the things we're going to go over. Um, we try to keep these shows short and sweet. We want you to ingest this information without being overwhelmed, so we're going to get right to it and start covering that right out of the gate. Number one, seller carrybacks. 
Okay, so there's a couple ways to view the seller carry back. Number one is just general owner carry financing. Owner carry financing is similar to subject to, but not exactly the same thing. The difference with owner carry financing is you're basically getting what we refer to as a wraparound mortgage. Now, what, what I don't want you guys to do is get super bogged down in the details and the terminology, okay? Just get the basics of it because if you need to structure a seller carry back, we can help you with that. That's the whole idea of the foreclosure deals coaching thing, but you need to know some of the options, okay? Usually when I've seen seller carrybacks work most effectively is on paid for property. So if you can imagine, I read somewhere relatively recently that roughly 35% of all the properties in the United States of America are currently paid off, unencumbered, no mortgages. Right? Pretty high percentage. It's pretty high percentage. So a lot of people who don't have loans on the property. So you're driving for dollars. Maybe you're out there looking for property, and you see a property that's a bit run down, and through a little bit of research, one way you can research lean uh, and what's on a property is using tools like PropStream. 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 If you use that, you'll be able to find tool houses out there that are completely unencumbered. You then go to that seller and go, I will offer you probably an above market interest rate. I will make payments to you monthly on the property. And instead of having this vacant property that you own outright, that nobody's doing anything with, it's sitting there, the lawn is overgrown, you know, it looks terrible. I will take over payments on it. You'll get a monthly income and you will carry the payments on the property for a predetermined amount of time. Usually a couple of years, some sellers will let you go forever. It really just depends on the motivation of the seller at the time. Okay? So one way you can do it is through the seller carryback. The other seller carryback option is in conventional finance era. In the past, and if we go back to the last generation, when you were buying a house, they wanted 20% down. That was just how it was done. If you wanted a mortgage, there was 20% down. That's what it took. Bottom line, you didn't have it. You weren't getting a house. Well, over the years, loan programs have come along. FHA is 3.5% down and even has some down payment assistance programs. You get you as low as $1,000 down in certain areas. The VA, one of the best loan programs out there, allows you to buy a house with absolutely nothing nothing down. So that's a zero money down option. Pretty cool, right? And then some other in between. Conventional financing as low as 3% down. I've seen up to 5% down. But if you're trying to get a standard conventional loan, which in certain cases is the best route, then you can do an 80% down loan or 80% finance loan and get a 20% seller carry back. Here's what I mean by that. Certain loan programs will allow the seller to carry back their 20% as a second mortgage on the property. I will tell you that the 05 to 08 era, this was super popular. Haven't seen one in quite some time, but it is done. But let's say you're only approved for a standard conventional loan at 20% down, and you don't have or don't want to put the 20% down. And let's face it, the goal is to get on title, right? Right. But you're trying to get on title with as little money out of pocket as possible, right? So if the seller can carry back 20% down for you, then we're just going to use round numbers, $100,000 house. You get a loan for $80,000, and the seller carries back another 20% or $20,000 on the loan until you can refinance the seller or pay them off at another time. 
You know, so that's a seller carry back deal. Kind of rare, and the reason it's kind of rare is because people aren't being forced to put 20% down as much as they used to be. But in the past, when that was a very big thing, a lot of seller carry back deals and lenders allowed for it because, you know, they only care about being on the property for 80% of the value, right? You screw up and they got to foreclose. That seller carry back is going away in the foreclosure. Seller's going to lose their 20%, and the lender's going to get the property at 80% of the value, which was their goal to begin with, okay? So that is one option on getting on title through creative financing strategy. And I'll be frank with you, we try to keep these episodes short and sweet, about 20, 25 minutes, give or take, but we can literally talk for hours, if not days, on creative finance strategy, okay? So there's no way we're going to do any more on this show but scrape the surface of some of the possibilities. But know this, the basic ways of just buying a property are just the beginning of what you can do to build your real estate empire buying under-market properties like foreclosures and other distressed properties. If you're just willing to think outside the box, the possibilities are absolutely endless. Don't give up on just basic finance strategy. That's why we're doing this show, is get your mind thinking, what are the other ways I can get on title and secure this property? Let's keep going. We got the 1031 exchange. Okay, Well, this is a tax code. Look up 1031 exchange if you get a shot. And base, the basics behind it is you have to buy a property inside this 1031 exchange, a 1031 exchange custodian basically transfers the title to the next property you're buying. They let you to tr- they let you exchange like for like. What that means is you got to buy a single family home and then you're, you're selling a single family home and buying a single family home using the 1031 exchange. What this does is it, it makes you push the money elsewhere. And the real benefit to this tax code is it allows you to buy and sell property without paying any taxes on the in-between. Okay, Not exactly a creative finance strategy, but it is used very often as a growth strategy. So you want to employ it amongst your acquisition strategies to move money from one property to another, constantly growing your portfolio of properties without paying income taxes or capital gains taxes along the way. It's a huge thing. It's it's complicated. Not, not too complicated, but it is definitely, let's call it a 200-level course of real estate investing when you start getting a 1031 exchange. Google back a little bit more to get more information on that or ask me about it in the group. And don't forget, you want to head out to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group. Ask for a membership there. Fill out a couple of questions. We'll get you in there. And if you want to get uh, into the nitty-gritty on 1031 exchanges, I'm happy to have that discussion with you. Certainly an excellent tool for acquiring property through the 1031 exchange. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. One of the things we talk about on the show is the importance of great foreclosure data and helping you to find a great deal on a foreclosure property. But where do you find this data? You're certainly not going to find it on Realtor.com. You can't get it on your local MLS. So we have partnered with data provider Foreclosures.com to get you the latest and greatest in foreclosure listings right there in your local market. These properties are not hit the market in most cases, and when they have been foreclosed, gives you easy access to find out more detail so you can 
can get the best deal on a foreclosure property. Getting started is super easy. Head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com and click on the link labeled foreclosure list. Enter your zip code for a free seven-day trial of the best foreclosure listing data available in your local market. These properties are not even on the market yet, so you can get a jump on them and get a great deal. Once again, this is Donnie Corm, your foreclosure deals coach. We'll look forward to seeing you there. Next up, we have the self-directed IRA. Now, I got to tell you, this one's currently my favorite. And the reason it's my favorite is because if you think back, okay, the IRA has been around individual retirement account. It's a tax-sheltered account that people were able to buy stocks, bonds, mutual funds, yada, yada. You put a little bit of your money from your employer into your IRA account. It caps out at a certain number per year, generally five to $6,000 per year, depending on your age. You can put in this completely tax-sheltered. Okay, and it can grow completely tax sheltered. But here's what's the problem with it. Most IRA custodians were general financial planners who were going to stick that money into a mutual fund that's barely keeping up with inflation, maybe making four or five percent annualized return on this thing. And I don't want to bore you with financial details, but if you're looking to acquire property, you really want to hear about the self-directed IRA. Because in recent years, the self-directed IRA has been allowed to open up into real estate transactions as well. So give that some thought. Your IRA can buy property collect income, rental income, and go up in value all completely tax-sheltered. You can also lend money. As a private lender, you can lend to other people. The tax code is a little sketchy on here. You can buy the property in the IRA, but if you're investing in the property with your IRA, you can't own it. That's be once removed. But a lot of the people that I work with, somewhere in the tune of like $2 million of the money that I work with on a private basis to buy and sell foreclosure properties is self-directed IRA money. And I'm offering staggering returns to these guys who previously were barely keeping pace with inflation, making 1% or 2 3% a year in their IRA, now are blowing that away with private real estate investing in their self-directed IRA. Okay, So one real estate strategy is, to, is doesn't involve buying real estate at all. You can use your IRA to grow at 10 to 12% secured by real estate, and you give it to an investor, you're buying a rental, whatever you're doing, of that property and it can grow untaxed encumbered you acquire property with money you couldn't touch till you were 65 now you've got access to that money and you're buying real estate with it I talk to private investors all across the country and they're so excited by the self-directed IRA we're actually going to do a show uh, with you direct IRA stay tuned for that because they're, they're a huge self-directed IRA custodian that can help you if you're interested in doing that we can get you hooked up with them roll some of your IRA over to them and now you can buy and sell real estate inside your IRA and make a fortune on it as compared to investing it in what I still consider to be the risky stock market that can go up and down and sideways and left and right and you just don't know. You know, So if you're trying to acquire property, you got a bunch of money sitting in a retirement account, let's talk about that. You know, And once again, as I mentioned on every show, check out the show notes. We're going to be putting in the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insider Group where you can join up with me, get some questions answered. Of course, talk about our coaching program and how to employ that in your current situation, but really just more about giving you some insight as to how to get started in real estate investing or how to expand your real estate investing career. 
All right. In a previous show, we talked about subject to or assumptions or taking over payments. Is that how you would probably refer to that? And that's basically the seller deeds the property over to you and you take over the payments on it. This gets tough on foreclosures because foreclosures are owned by banks. And banks are not generally going to let you take over payments. I shouldn't say not generally. They're just not going to let you take over payments. They don't want you to get a loan with them. But don't don't dismay on that because there's lots of other deals. Not all foreclosures are deals, you know, and not all deals are foreclosures. So one thing to be looking out there for is a distressed seller that will allow you to take over the payments and get on title subject to the existing financing. Another way to call that is an assumption, a loan assumption where you're taking over payments on that deal. The paperwork is the hardest part of that, right? If you don't have the right paperwork to set that up, that gets very difficult. Certainly, we're going to assist you with that. If you have a deal on the on the horizon that can that you're trying to do that with, it is possible, but that's the assumption product. And finally, what we're going to cover today is lease options. And lease options are kind of how I got started in the real estate marketplace with my mentor. The idea behind it was actually quite simple. You're taking over payments, so you're subject to, but you have an option to buy the property, kind of like rent to own. Think about it from this angle. You have a property you want to purchase, but you can't get qualified for the loan, or better still, you don't want to get qualified for the loan because using other people's money is always better than using your own, right? So you approach the seller with a lease option strategy, which is I'll give you a certain amount down, let's say five, 10 grand down, whatever, and then I will lease the property from you at this amount. Very similar to if you were just renting it, like you're living in a rental right now. If you've ever rented a house, it's the same process, right? You sign a lease agreement, etc. But the option is the key difference in this. The lease option adds this one piece of paper that's actually filed at the county level to cloud the title, allowing you the option to purchase the property within a specific amount of time at a specific price. Okay, this is great in rising markets like the one we're in right now because where, where properties are going, if you can secure your option on let's just say a three hundred thousand dollar house, okay, so you've got a property that's now worth three hundred thousand, you're going to sign a three year lease option on it with the right to buy the property anytime in the next three years for three hundred thousand dollars and secure that option, you're going to put ten grand down. With me so far? Yeah, I'm following, I'm following. The market goes up as it's been continuing to do. In certain metros, I'm going to use Denver area as an example, it's going up by 6% per year, okay? So three years from now, you got the first year, 6% on three hundred grand, dollars $18,000 went up in value. Year two, it went up $20,000 in value. And by year three, this property has gone from three hundred dollars when you signed the option to about three hundred and fifty-five, three hundred and sixty dollars dollars just while you were living there. You've got an option to purchase that property at three hundred dollars and today it's worth three fifty, three sixty. dollars You going to exercise your option? I think I would. You're definitely going to exercise that option, right? Even if you don't want the property anymore because you now can buy it for three hundred dollars and put it on the market tomorrow. For 350, 360, and make 50, 60 grand, getting all of your rental income back that you've invested in the property, right? You're building equity on the property without actually owning the property. It's like the option to get on title, right? We talk about it's so important to get on title, but you can get the option to get on title, secure your price today, and assuming prices continue to rise, you find yourself in a better spot. But there's a double edged sword here, right? Let's say. The end of the world does happen. We see the real estate collapse 
and that three hundred thousand dollar property is now worth two eighty. Uh oh. Do you still exercise your option? I mean, it's real estate. As long as you have, as long as you're controlling it, I mean, you can just wait for the market to come back around, right? Absolutely. But the point is, is you've got the option. Uh, is it what I'm saying? Okay. See, you may exercise, you may not exercise. A lot of times in a, and I'll be frank with you, I would describe the real estate market today as a relatively unstable market. Like we've been going up and up and up and up and up for years. Only place we can really go in the foreseeable future is down, right? So today, employing the lease option strategy is pretty smart. You know, if it continues to go up, you're great. You secured your option at today's price. It continues to rise in value. You've got yourself on title or the option to get on title Mm -hmm. at a secured price. But, but if the market turns the other direction, you know what? I don't think I want to exercise that option. Bingo. The problem is to secure the seller, you gave him 10 grand down, remember? Okay. So that 10 grand is gone. It, it still may be worth it, though, right? It may be worth it. That property drops down to 250, right? And you got an option to buy at 300. 10 grand's gone, man, but uh, you didn't lose 50 grand. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So when you are on the side of buying a property with a lease option, you want to try to secure it for as little as pro- possible. Right, with the idea that if it continues to go up in value, you're going to benefit from that increase. If it goes down in value, you get to benefit by walking away. Win-win, the way I see it, you know, and a far more powerful tool for real estate acquisition than the banking system, which, if you've ever been through it, is just relatively unpleasant. You know, it's just very difficult to get a loan. The underwriting process is not fun. It's designed to be difficult to test your results. They figure, hey, if you weren't willing to jump through a couple of hoops to buy this property that has a 30-year mortgage on it, when times get hard, you're probably going to bail. You know, So they make the process just hard enough that only the people who really want to do it are going to do it. Right, And that, that's the design. That's the whole design. If it was super easy to get a mortgage, everybody would do it, and the default rate would be astounding. But because it is relatively difficult, people take their time, they consider the, the process, and especially in good markets, people stand by those mortgages for a very long time and they make the payments. But if you're wondering why it's so hard to get a mortgage, that's on purpose. Right? And I'm not, I'm not trying to deter you. I'm not saying it's so hard it can't be done. I'm just saying, especially on your first one, it's a process. It's a financial enema. You know, The lease option eliminates all of that. You walk in, secure the property, put your down payment on there, make payments directly to the seller, and motivated sellers will have this conversation with you. Okay, The guy that just wants to sell his house in the market and wants his money and wants to go home, He's not going to talk to you about this. Your whole essence as a foreclosure deals investor is you're looking for that word in the middle, deal. You're looking for the deal, right? And the deal only comes from motivated sellers. People are in a situation where they're more motivated to get rid of the property than a standard home seller. If you're out there finding those through Facebook advertising or going on Facebook groups or sending out postcards or driving for dollars, you're out finding motivated sellers, you've got to know some creative financing strategy to make sure that when you find those deals, not houses, there's a bunch of houses, when you find those deals that you know how multiple options on how to get on title or at least secure getting on title through a tool like the lease option. Does that make sense? Yep. 
So guys, listen, getting started is so easy. It's so easy. Really, where you're, where you're at right now, if you've never bought an investment property or any property before, what you're lacking, what you need is information, education, and there's so much out there. Obviously, you've got this show, the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast, coming to you each and every week, bringing you the best information on foreclosure investing available anywhere, period. Not that I'm, you know, conceited or cocky or anything like that, but like I've proven that. Yeah, he's he's patting himself on the back a little bit, like literally, I'm I'm actually physically patting myself on the back. Um, But you you've got multiple resources out there, out there. So you want to you want to first pursue your free education resources. Keep listening to the show. Tell your friends about it. Join the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group and post some of these questions. Find out what's stopping you right now, and then long term, when you're ready, there's courses, there's coaching products, there's all sorts of stuff where we can help you gravitate to the next level. But it's not about the sales pitch right now. It's about getting you the education. And if you're out there hunting for deals right now. You're going to want multiple strategies for acquiring that property through creative finance. Multiple strategies. Because there's lots of ways to skin this cat. It's not just about walking to a bank and putting up the underwriting process. You can do this. You just got to know some ways to do it. All right. With that, that is our show for this week. Hey, guys, thank you so much for being a part of the Foreclosure Deals Coach family. Like We really appreciate it. We have so much fun producing this show, getting you all this content, and helping you to grow your investing career. Get started with us by joining the Foreclosure Deals Coach Insiders Group. The link will be in the description here on the podcast. And let's help you to get to the next level in your foreclosure investing. With that, this is Donnie Corum, your Foreclosure Deals Coach, reminding you now now and always, don't buy a house, buy, buy a, a deal. deal. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Like our Facebook page, Foreclosure Deals Coach. For the latest in real estate and foreclosure investing, become a part of our community. Search Foreclosure Deals Coach on Facebook to join today.